Here's what's coming up this week on the Charged Up Bolts podcast. Tomato, tomato, aluminum, aluminium. Right fit bird. Scoopsy Q. Uh, just a bad dude. He's got a dippy hip. The San Diego Salties. Freezing cold charges water all over it. Hello and welcome to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. I'm your host, Elliot Bermudez, and this podcast will bring you the weekly Chargers news, we're going to answer your questions, and we're going to bring you the hottest takes around. I'm joined, as usual, by my three fantastic co-hosts, introducing, first of all, the man whose wife won't let him drink any water, John Moss Jr. Good evening, Bez. Um, we're also, secondly, joined by the man with the voice of a thousand angels. It's said that his voice can calm even the roughest of seas. Evening, Mr. John Ayres. Good evening, and I want to say a special good evening uh, to a right fit bird named Hannah. I hope you're listening and having a good day. <laughs> Sadly, she's going to love that. And <laughs> last but not least, the man whose cat is almost as famous as he is, Mr. <laughs> Dan King. Good evening. My cat's literally just woken up and has now decided to walk up to me and start meowing. So he, he knows <laughs> it's his time to shine. That's what I like. And, uh, and as I always ask you guys, what's everyone drinking this evening? Got a nice cool pint of Paul Weller, a.k.a. Stella Artois. Oh, that sounds scrumptious. Uh, I'm again having a nice l- cup of local flavor Costa Rican coffee. And I'm on a wild beer murmur, which has wine yeasts in, which is is interesting. Steady on, you'll make us all sound refined. <laughs> Get your wine yeast there. Um, I'm trying to make everything I drink weekly a little bit topical. So in memory of the cancelled UK NFL games this season, I'm going for a Beavertown brewery, which is which is based in the White Hart Lane Stadium. Uh, I'm going for a Gamma Ray, uh, which is absolutely delightful. But uh, sadly, there's no NFL in the... Uh, in the UK this year, but uh, we can still uh, get a decent beer down us. So, I've got some good news, guys. We've had a, an absolute tsunami of questions from our massive fan base. Um, so, I think we're going to go straight into our, our listener mailbag. Um, Mike from Chelmsford came on Facebook to ask us, who do you see starting on our offensive line at the start of the season? Anyone moving their positions? Any surprises? Okay, I'll kick off. Um... I'll start on the less obvious side. So right tackle. I'm just going to call him Big Brian. Saves uh, getting his uh, surname wrong. Pronunciation. Tomato, tomato, aluminum, aluminium. So it's Big Brian at right tackle. Okay, so yeah, we've reunited him with James Campen, a veteran. And I think he'll do a great job there alongside the right guard, Trey Turner. uh, Another good signing. Um... Backups there at right guard, Forrest Lampor, Trent Scott. And then we move on to the centre, big Mike Pouncey. Now, this is an interesting one because Mike came back from injury. Um, he's been cleared play, uh, sorry, cleared to play. So uh, let's hope that he can stay out of the, the, the trainer's room, stay healthy uh, and do a job right in the heart of that offensive line. So moving on to the left-hand side of the offensive line, left guard, Dan Feeney. Okay, consistent player. Expected to have another good uh, season in 2020. Uh, again, Forrest Lamp, they're back up for Dan if he gets injured. And then the the one that everyone's been talking about, left tackle. Yep, we didn't sign Jason Peters in, in free agency. James Campen's come in. It's his job now to identify the left tackle, 
and I think he'll go with Trey Pipkins. Um, that that's my opinion. Um, Sam Tevy, Storm Norton, and Trent Scott are the, the the three guys behind Trey. But I don't think Storm will sign. I think we'll 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 cut him when we go down to fifty three man roster. Uh, and we know what happened with uh, Trent Scott last year. So yeah, Trey's a favourite for myself. Well, um, obviously, I'm kind of just going to leave the right side of the line alone. Uh, I think you nailed nailed it. I mean, I don't think there's any going to be any surprises over there. I know there was uh, at some point <laughs> uh, Anthony Lynn had had made some sort of mention about, or actually no, I think it was Tom Telesco made some sort of mention of potentially moving um, Bulaga over to the left side just to give him a shot over there. That's, I mean, that that was just some. I don't. I don't. I have no idea what that is. I guess he was just talking, um, but there's. I, I don't believe that they would ever move Brian out of that right uh, tackle position. I think it's just he's just so so solid there, so dependable. He knows it. Just don't mess with a good thing. I think at. Uh, I, I think the right guard, like you said, we, we we made an investment to trade for Tri Turner. He's not going anywhere. He's a right guard. I agree. It is a huge, huge. Um, uh, get for us to have Mike Pouncey come back. Um, no, he's probably not going to be pro bowl center, uh, anymore, but what he brings, um, to the, to the center position to kind of anchor our offensive line, uh, the general up there, his experience, um, just his knowledge, uh, of the position that he can, uh, share with some of the young guys who I'm about to talk about on the left-hand side. Um, I, I just think that it's just invaluable. Um, you know, someone we, we don't talk about a lot is Scott Quesenberry. Uh, he definitely is someone whose arrow is pointing up. I, I think he has a lot of potential to really take over once Pouncey's contract is up. I don't think we re-sign Pouncey. I think, I think we end up letting him walk. And I think Quesenberry comes right in. I was uh, talking with somebody about this, and they had mentioned as well that, you know, with Tyrod or Tarad Taylor taking over the majority of snaps this season, most likely you're going to have Herbert taking a lot of snaps from the backup center. Who's Scott Questenberry. What, what a great marriage to have Questenberry and Herbert on the sideline and in practices, building that rapport, building that timing uh, so that the two of them can kind of take over the center and quarterback position in 2021. I think that is kind of where I see that going. So a little kind of preview for 2021, what our offensive line might look like then. Um, and then we're going to move on over to the left side. I think I agree with Trey Pipkins. It's, I, I think it's his job to lose. I think he has he was drafted in the third round. Uh, some say he was probably an overdraft there, but I don't know. I mean, if, if you think that he's got the potential to be a starting left tackle in this league and you can get him in the third round, I think you underpaid for him. I mean, there are plenty of guys going the first and second round, supposedly left tackles in this league, do not make it. So we're going to go ahead and say that if – he is going to be positioned to lose that job. I think he's going to do a solid job there. I don't, I mean, he's not, he's not a, any kind of a pro bowl caliber guy yet. He's not the, he's not someone that you're going to heavily rely on and say, well, he's the anchor, but I think that he showed enough promise towards the end of the season last season that there's definitely potential for him to take over that left tackle spot and hold on to it. You know, a lot of people talk about, you know, he was drafted in the third round and, you know, he came in and just looked really bad and lost last season. And that's true. If you look at some of the early tape when he was forced into action and the key word there is forced into action through injuries, um, he didn't look good. He didn't look right. He didn't look like he knew exactly where, you know, his his uh, foot placement wasn't great. Uh, I think he definitely had some, you know, some trouble kind of identifying assignments at times. But again, I, I think part of that is just the learning 
learning curve. When they drafted him in the third round, it was as a project. It was knowing, look, this guy is going to take a season or two to develop. I don't think they had really anticipated moving on from Russell Kuhn, uh this year. I think they had planned on having Russell Kuhn on the left side. I believe, and again, this is an assumption, I believe their plan was to have Pipkins learn under Kuhn for this year and then take over. Um, and again, that, that kind of got thrown for a loop last year when they had to bring Pipkins in early. Uh, and then this year when they had the opportunity to pick up uh, a right guard who could be a right guard for the next 10 years. I think they, you got to make that deal a hundred times out of a hundred and you know, it's going to force Pipkins back into the limelight, but I think he can take the step up and I think he can handle the pressure. There's a lot of talk about storm Norton, great name coming from the XFL looks like a, just a, just a bad dude. He's huge. He's big. He's, you know, a perennial practice squad guy. He's, he's not really a guy who's ever, taken the opportunity he was given before in the NFL and turned it into a starting role. So I don't know if he's really any more than just a depth piece. Um, you know, and then you've got Scott who, I mean, I just, I, I can't even talk about Trent Scott or Sam Tevy right now. I just, some of the, some of the tape from last year, if you watch it, it's just, it is just atrocious. So I, I, I can't really talk about them right now. I, do, I just don't, I don't have the stomach for it to be honest. Um, so that's just kind of how I see the left tackle. My one difference here and I know this is probably not a, this might be more of a popular Twitter opinion than it is an analyst or a coaching or a tape opinion. But I think Forrest Lamp is going to win that left guard job. I think he's going to, I think he's going to stay healthy again. There's a, a lot of my themes this year is I believe this is the year that everybody is healthy. I, I know that's rare for the chargers, but I really think it is this year. So I think Lamp is healthy and I think a healthy Lamp in competition with Feeney is going to win that job. And I think Feeney gets relegated to uh, a backup depth piece. I, this is just how I feel. You know, I, I, there are flashes from Lamp that show you what he has the potential of. He just has to stay on the field and stay healthy. And to be honest, it's a make or break year for him. If he doesn't perform, if he doesn't, much like Hunter Henry, if he doesn't stay healthy and perform, he's he's probably done. It's probably the last we're going to see of Lamp. So uh, I just, I, I really think that Forrest Lamp has the opportunity to really step up this year and take that left guard position and be our tri-turner on the left side so i have a lot of hope for this offensive line i think that while the left side is definitely it leaves a lot to be desired i think i think they can do it i think they can come together and i think with an rpo run heavy a lot of motion a lot of quarterback rollouts we can kind of move away from the left side and kind of hide that deficiency and kind of focus a lot of our movement and a lot of our runs to the right side where we're definitely a lot stronger so I think that's that's kind of how I feel about our offensive line going into the season. I'm I'm kind of with you both there. I mean, I'd written down ahead of this Pipkins, Feeney, Pouncey, Turner, Bulaga. Um, now, I really thought I was going to have to fight you some more on Scootsy Q, Scott Questenberry. I really like the guy, and I really want to see him progress a bit more this year with some more um, more chance to learn from Pouncey and actually watch Pouncey play up close rather than having to take his place um and then i want to see kind of where we get to in the preseason to kind of see what we do with the backup tackles just see what happens with scott tevy and see if norton can make the team i don't really have much hope there i've got a lot more hope when it comes to forest lamp than i do for the tackles um i really like him i just want to see him do well <laughs> he started what two games last season um before his injury and i just want to see him come back and actually get a chance to be the player we want him to be. 
No, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think we're all uh, we're all hoping for lamp. But what I'm going to do, guys, is I'm going to take all your really well thought out hot takes of people staying healthy and having this great line you've all mentioned. I'm going to pour freezing cold charges water all over it. Um, I'm not going to disagree that uh, Brian B is going to be out there at the right tackle, fantastic signing, and Trey Turner. You know, we go out and trade for him. That's the right side. So we're, we're all going to agree on that. I think. Uh, it's going to be a strength this season. What I'm going to pour water all over is the idea that you all agree that Mike Pounce is going to start centre this season. He's not. He's going to go into camp. I don't believe it. I don't believe he's, he's, he's healthy. I don't believe he's going to sustain the pressure of an NFL training session, let alone a season. So my big worry this season is that we, we lose Mike Pouncey. Uh, lots of games out with injury as he tries to fight through whatever he's been going through. Um, I don't think he's there for game one. Um, I think it's going to be, and it's not even going to be, what did you call him, Scootsy Q? I'm not having that. Um, I think, even though I've liked what I've seen from Kessenberry, I think the Chargers are going to promote uh, Dan Feeney to centre. They've done it before. I thought the guy was a train wreck when he got there. I thought he improved a little bit. There were flashes of brilliance and large periods of, of subpar play. But I think the Chargers like him. The Chargers stick him in as a replacement centre and you guys lose your minds. Um, I think what's going to happen is I think Forrest Lamp's going to impress him in, in, in training camp. He's going to be one of my uh, training camp darlings that comes out of this really positively and starts at, at left guard where we really want him to, to succeed. I don't think he'll last that long. I think before he goes down, he'll be one of these two or three games and then we don't see him again. But at least he'll uh, he'll start off exactly where we all want him at left guard. And then, I agree with you boys, my boy, Trey Pipkins. Love that guy. A lot of people, as, as you said, John, said, oh, you've, you've reached for him, Tom Telesco, in the third round. He's a fifth, sixth round pick. Uh, I think he was in the shower when the call came in, not expecting to be picked at all on day on day two. Um, and I wasn't. I was high on him. I thought he was a great prospect, late third round pick, um, someone that could fit the Chargers, uh, the Chargers O line strategies. And you know what? I analysed him um, back when he had his first start against the Chiefs. I know what you're saying. He was rough. He, he lacked the foot movement of a, of a, a Russell Akoo. You could see the difference. But I thought he was really strong against the run. I thought he he showed up really well against the Chiefs in the first half where he only gave up in the first half against the Chiefs he gave up just one pressure. It was a strip sack. Let's let's let's, let's brush that under the carpet. But um I saw um a trainee left tackle in the making and I'm really really keen on 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 him there. So that's that's my lineup. I, I don't see I, I I don't see Pouncey making it through. Sorry guys to pour all that freezing cold water all over it all over your predictions, but uh, if I'm wrong I think we'll have one of the best O-lines in football, and that's what Justin Herbert eventually will need if we can sustain it. But I think we might be a little bit tainted. Um, one thing I will say is, although we've got Brian Blagger over at right tackle, I'm going to say the dreaded words. Sam Tevi, I don't like him at left tackle. I know everyone says he can be, he can compete there, and people's eyes were bleeding when they watched him last season. But uh, I think he can be, if Brian misses games which he has done over the past few seasons, most O-linemen uh, do, I think Sam Tevi can be a slightly below average right tackle fill-in, which in this league, with the lack of talent on the O-line across the league, is is actually better than nothing. So, so that's my answer. Um, thank you very much, Mike, for your question. I hope that answers it. Keep them coming. We're happy, happy to answer them. Um, question two 
is not uh, <laughs> is not quite as a positive theme. So get ready, guys, for this. But Dave from Cambridge has sent in the following question: As a Dolphins fan. I don't know why he's listening to a Chargers podcast, but yeah, as a Dolphins fan, I'm happy that we stole Tua from under your noses. How annoyed are you? Well, I'm a bit more annoyed now you've asked the question and wound me up. Um, guys, how annoyed are you? Well, first of all, Dave, thanks for listening. Clearly, we're doing something right if we've got Dolphins fans tuning in. I am not annoyed at all. Not one bit. Um, what we learn from draft year after year it's, it's a lottery. Some players will come from college and they will transition to the pro game. No problems at all. Let's take our own Derwin James. He did it. You know, arguably the best draft uh, pick of the last decade. But going back to the quarterback situation, I'm not. Um, I'm not annoyed at all. I'm going to. We're going to compare three. Um, quarterbacks from yesteryear, one of which is still playing, all three of which had lots of hype coming in to the uh, NFL. We'll start off with Mr. Tim Tebow. Okay, Tim came in um, three really good years at Florida. His 2006 season quarterback rating of 201.7, phenomenal. It dropped off in 2009 to 164. He was going to be the next best thing in the NFL. We know what happened to him. Johnny Football, Texas A&M, you know, played two years at college, elected for the draft, came in. Does anybody remember how many games he played in the NFL? No clue. Not many. Um, He started eight games in the NFL for the Browns. There was nowhere to be seen. Okay, so two two football players there, under centre, great potential. Everyone got super excited about them and then they dropped off. And then I'm just going to compare those two to Pat Mahomes. Obviously, Pat had a, had a great um, three years at Texas Tech and then blew the league up when he came into the NFL. He made that transition. The point is, we just don't know what we're going to get. So with Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow and Tua, um, which one of those is going to drop off? Are they all going to make it? Will they crumble under pressure? We just don't know. If you look at um, Tua's stats, I mean, his quarterback ratings are, are immense. 175 199.4 and 206.9. Absolutely phenomenal. Question marks over his injury, but he's got the talent. He's a rough diamond, and it's up to the Finns coaching staff to uh, make him into that that superstar that the, the Dolphins need, just as we've got to do the same with Justin Herbert. But for myself, the quarterback's arguably the most complex and important chess piece on the field, and it all comes down to mental application. Um, so... To answer the question, no, I'm not annoyed. I think any Chargers fan would have took either of those three aforementioned players, Tua, Joe, or obviously Justin Herbert. So, no, good luck to Tua down in uh, Miami, but we've got our man, and let's see what he can do. Well, I mean, anyone who's followed me on Twitter uh, or seen me in any of the Charger message boards knows that I was a big Tua fan. I was... I was riding the roller coaster of rumors and blogs and pundits with sources who were saying, oh, they're definitely going to be taken to a, 
the Dolphins, I'm sorry, are definitely going to be taking Tua. Or no, 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 they're 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 getting cold on Tua. They're they're worried about the medicals. They like Herbert. They've always liked Herbert. They've they've been scouting Herbert for three years. You know, up and down and up and down. It just it really it was a roller coaster. And to be honest, it was a nice distraction. And I really liked writing it and, and having fun. But uh, you know, I, I I've been a Tua fan. I yeah, the injuries are a concern, and they're going to be a concern. I think it's going to be hard for him to shake the injury concerns. He might be healthy for season one, but if he goes down season two, everyone's going to be like, see, see, we told you. So, you know, it's, that is kind of a bullet that is, that was scary about him. But I, I believe that his talent um, was worth it. I, I, I personally believe and personally had Tua as my top quarterback on the board. I, I really just believed in his arm talent. I believed in his ability to make things happen outside of the pocket. I believed in his ability to kind of, you know, read the defense and make a good play and, and do some more nuanced things at the quarterback position than some of these other guys can. And I, I honestly, I, he, he was putting up numbers since he came in to that national championship game at halftime and helped carry the team to a championship after Jalen Hurts couldn't get it done. So I've really been high on the kid. I was really hoping that he would be a charger, but at the same time, you know, you can call Justin Herbert a consolation prize if you want, but I mean, that's a, that's a hell of a consolation prize. The kid is legitimate. Yes. He has concerns. Yes. He is a project. He is, he is NFL ready by the minimum standards. Like he can do everything you need a quarterback to do to start in the NFL today. But if you, were to look at him and go, well, is he going to be a good quarterback day one? I don't think so. I think he needs a little time to season, a little time to refine. The Chargers did a great move in the offseason by bringing in Pep Hamilton to be his quarterback guru to help lead him. Pep Hamilton, who was the one who helped teach another very smart, very cerebral quarterback in Andrew Luck. Yeah, Andrew Luck had more arm talent and it was a better prospect coming out of college than Justin Herbert. Yes. I'm not comparing the two, but what is similar about the two of them is they both had very good arms. They both were very smart and both were hard workers and both were the type of people who wanted to dissect every play and make sure they were doing things right. And I think Herbert need someone like Pep Hamilton to help kind of guide him. You know, something that was very telling about Herbert and his perfectionism is that story where Herbert was talking uh, in an interview and they were asking him, hey, did you know the Chargers were disinterested in you, that you'd be a Charger at the end of the day? And instead of saying, you know, one of those pretty general lines of, oh, you know, I, I, I wasn't sure, but I sure was excited and oh boy, what an opportunity. You, the first thing he said point blank was, I missed a question. I missed one of the questions about a play that they had asked, and I just didn't think they were going to get me for that. A kid who thinks that the expectation on a college quarterback who was just given 32 playbooks to memorize and then have 32 meetings with 32 quarterback coaches to talk about that playbook is expected to get every single one right without you know any kind of you know, missteps at all. And he thinks, oh, that must mean they don't want me. That, to me, is a kind of perfectionist and the kind of person who takes themselves to a higher standard than anybody else that can succeed in this league because you can have all the talent in the world but if you don't have that drive to be a competitor if you don't have that intelligence to say hey look this is what's happening i can dissect this if you don't have that you're never going to make it in the nfl and those are the kind of intangibles that justin herbert brings to the table so no i am Yes, I'm disappointed that Tua uh, isn't a Charger because that's who I was kind of rooting for. But I'm absolutely not disappointed with Justin Herbert. I'm absolutely not annoyed. I am 
full on board the Herbert hype train. I mean, I am, I am the conductor. I am selling tickets, you know, get on board. Let's, let's ride this baby to a championship. For me, there was, there was a slight twinge of disappointment when it first happened, but it wasn't through, it wasn't disappointment in getting Herbert. It was disappointment in similar to you, John, I was big to a fan and had just got in my mind. Yeah. It'd be great to have two of with the Chargers, but it would have been too many TTs. We've already got Tom Telesco and Tyrod Taylor. Did we really need Tua as well? <laughs> um, and there's there's obviously the injury concern, as you've mentioned. Uh, and I think when you're picking that high, I can't blame anyone for voting with the safer injury option. Um, you can't be mad at anyone for doing that because we're not being paid to make those decisions. They are, and it's a big decision to make. Um People have knocks on Herbert and his leadership ability and how he's more introverted. But no one ever seems to mention that there are some great introverted players who are leaders in the league or have been. I mean, example, recently, Luke Keekley, very introverted guy, but amazing leader. Um, and th- there's no reason that we can't see something similar from Herbert. I mean, I think you can't undersell the importance of Pep Hamilton as well. Um I think that's a great addition. Um, I mean, the guy got Cardell Jones winning some games in the XFL. So who knows what he can do with um, Justin Herbert. The thing is here, Dave, right? Yes, look at it. We're, we were all on the tour bandwagon a little bit. I certainly was as well. I thought he, he was the most talented, pure talented quarterback coming out in the draft this year. I love a quirky left-handed thrower of the ball. I thought that would have fit with having a really strong right-hand side of our line as well. I thought he was mobile, really would have fit what Anthony Lynn did. Love the guy. And he had a really odd name, which I like because I've got one too. Um, so yeah, so I was I was on that train, but I wasn't actually that disappointed because it's not often you get a, a pick right at the top of the draft where you get to take a quarterback to try and embed in your franchise for as long as we had Philip Rivers. You're talking... Please, 10, 15 years, 20 years if you if you hit the nail on the head perfectly. And I don't think you can take Tua because of his hip. He's got a gippy hip. Who knows if he comes in, you know, sits a little bit, then gets in the Dolphins lineup. A few years of, of top quality performances, but he's not going to be here in 10 to 50 years. I, I'm not having it. I don't think that's the case. And also, the Chargers, when they're looking to assess Tua... And they can't get their own doctors to see him because of coronavirus. It's just a huge risk when you're drafting right at the top of the first round. However, Herbert, oh, I'm all in on him. And and he's a lifelong Chargers fan. That's only just come out, you know, after the draft. It was revealed that when he was a kid, we, he was putting on school tests. What do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be Chargers quarterback because I love my Chargers. So, wow. I'll take that any day of the week. It's very rare you get that situation. And look at uh, Aaron Rodgers missing out on going to the 49ers and how much that the 49ers should have regretted that. So, you know, Herbert comes to his, his childhood team. I think he's a perfect fit for Lynn. I've said this on the blog post that I've put up um, on charge.bolts.com. Um, he has the highest percentage of screen passes and short passes during his, his previous season, which Anthony Lynn is going to move to this yards after the catch, yak, 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 offensive line that I'm predicting to happen. And that's what that's what we need. We need a Herbert to get the ball to into the hands of Eckler 
Allen, Hunter Henry, etc., so that he can move the ball down the field and stop taking the risks that I think Anthony Lynn's grown tired of from Philip Rivers launching it down the field and getting picked off. Those days somewhat somewhat coming to an end. Um, the other thing I'm going to point out is that I love a good early mock draft, really early. The day the draft ends, I'm straight on to see what the next year's draft is to find out what college players I should be looking for. More on that coming up at the end of the show. But I'm looking to see who's predicted to go number one. And actually, if you look back, Justin Herbert was predicted to be the the first quarterback, the first overall pick when the first mock drafts came out right after the 2019 draft. And guess what? He went back to college for an extra year. So when you go back and you look at the earliest mock drafts, from 2018, he was also predicted to be the 2019 first overall pick. So uh, uh, he's gone there. There's nothing he's done in his career that says to me he isn't and isn't a first round, first first five, if not the number one overall pick in the draft. I think you can't look at Tua because of his hip. I'm not on the Joe Burrow train. I'm not. I'm really not. I think Herbert's better. He is a exemplary, intelligent man. Went back to college to go and fight for a championship with it with his with his college teammates, and actually let's compare Tua and Herbert as well. Tua had the luxury of two first round wide receivers with him in Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs the third. Herbert didn't have that. He had absolutely no one of note whatsoever. Um, I know they both had good O lines, but I can see the Chargers building a good O line for Herbert to succeed. He's my boy, and do you know how much he's my boy this year? Guys, I've not told you this. I have pre-ordered from America a Vapor Limited Nike Justin Herbert Powder Blue Chargers uniform. Nice. nice. My white yeah. one's on its way too. <laughs> breaking, breaking the boycott. You, I knew you wouldn't sign up for it. Just going back to the to finish off on Herbert as well. Um, it's a point John made about mental application. Now there were questions over Herbert's mechanics. You can work on that. That's what the quarterback coach is there for. But with his IQ, you know, learning those playbooks, you can't teach that. He's already got that in his locker. So the mental aptitude's there. Work on his mechanics, accuracy. We could have a potential superstar on our hands. Well, I think, you know, something that you touched on, by the way, two first-round wide receivers for Tua. Uh, Let's not forget about Devonta uh, Brown in there. He's potentially a first round wide receiver this Devonta Smith sorry Devonta Smith is uh from Alabama is probably a first round or at least a fringe first round wide receiver I'm pretty sure he's going to be one of the top wide receivers off the off the board uh so that's three first round wide receivers and I can't remember how many offensive linemen went in the first couple rounds plus they've got Alex Leatherwood who a little spoiler alert guy I like the Chargers to be looking at for next year's draft assuming they're uh, high enough to get him um you know Tua had a lot of a lot of good things around him, and the, Joe Burrow the same thing. When Joe Burrow, who had to compete for a spot at OSU and couldn't beat out the their current staff, so he transferred. And yeah, he was injured. Whatever. I don't want to hear that story. He basically ran from a challenge, and he transferred to LSU to get a chance. And his first year at LSU, he was mediocre at best. At the end of that first year of LSU, he wasn't even ranked as a senior. He wasn't even ranked in the top five quarterbacks 
for the season coming to the season. So he made, and I don't even remember exactly where he was ranked, but he was pretty low on that list. And then once he started making a big jump towards the end of, or towards the beginning of the LSU um, season, people started looking like, Oh my gosh, who's this guy throwing all this stuff around? Yeah. Well, he had some big changes. He had Brady, Joe Brady come around, help, help him as a coach. I mean, I just think that, he had a lot of help around him as far as talent and as well as coaching that changed things around to make everything perfect for him. So I think he had a lot of, a lot of advantages. And if you look at Herbert, he didn't have any of that. He didn't have any kind of first round weapons around him. He's got fringe second, third round offensive linemen around him. Um, you know, the offensive lineman was fine, but it wasn't, it was, it was fine, but it wasn't like league leading, you know, it's, he did not have the same kind of system around it. and the coaching. Oh, don't get me started on the coaching, the coaching around him. Their offensive plan was defensive minded. Don't, don't let the offense really lose the game. Let's pound it with, uh, with the run, a lot of short passes, kind of a lot of what Lynn's probably going to end up doing, which is probably why he was so highly regarded by the Chargers Cause he was already doing what they kind of wanted to do. So I just think that a guy who was from, basically after his freshman year viewed as a top quarterback prospect for the NFL every year continuously is going to be more likely to succeed at some level than the, than someone who has not, which is why I agree. I think if you told me that of the three quarterbacks drafted there in the first six picks, one of them was going to be a bust. Uh, one of them was going to be a superstar and one of them was going to be, you know, a, a very good quarterback in the league for many years. Um, I would probably say two is probably most likely to be the superstar because he has those intangibles, but he could also be injured. I'd say that the quarterback who's going to be a solid, good starting quarterback for many years, Justin Herbert fits that mold most likely for me. And I think Burrow is probably the most likely to bust because I think he's going to get into a situation that's not ideal for him. And uh, I think he's going to regress from some of those historic college numbers he put up. So I'm really high on the Justin Herbert train. If you go back to Herbert's early collegiate career, his first season for the Ducks, four and eight, not particularly great um, for the Ducks, but he still managed to have a decent season, 63.5% completion rate, 19 touchdowns and four picks. So as you said, that that was a pretty bad team. Um, It wasn't until his final year that they went on that that role with uh, 12 and two. So yeah, Herbert has played in teams that are particularly bad, and, and that's another point to uh, you, you know emphasize on there. Yeah, he. I mean, so if you know about his story, he wasn't even that highly recruited out of high school. I mean, Oregon was the was one of the only D one programs to offer him a scholarship and he was not viewed as a kid who was going to come in and win that job as a freshman and he did that and what 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 was he awarded by winning the freshman starting quarterback job instead of redshirting he was awarded a really bad team to take over and he shined even with that bad team and every year they got a little bit better and he got a little bit better and i think to me that shows as a player who is available who's who had the ability to get over adversity and to constantly make his team better around him even if he's not yelling and rah rah rahing and you know i'm gonna miss that i'll be honest i'm gonna miss senior bolo ty i'm gonna miss the yelling at the other team and the other team's fans i mean i'm gonna miss the jawing (laughs) um polite jawing polite but jawing nonetheless i'm going to miss all of that uh because herbert's probably not going to be that guy that's just not who he is and that's fine you can be that kind of quiet leader as you said keekly can be he can be that strong silent leader we've got 
plenty of vocal leaders on this team. Plenty of vocal leaders. We, we don't need someone to be that vocal leader when we have so many already. I think we need somebody to come in, be willing to learn, be willing to imply themselves, willing to learn and, and change some of the mechanics that were screwing them up to be better. And that's exactly who Herbert is. Herbert's going to come in here with the mindset that I need to get better to compete in the NFL. He's not going to have some fake mindset that, oh, I just won a national championship and I'm this awesome guy and, you know, you know, Cincinnati should be happy to have me. He's not going to have that kind of mindset. He's going to have that dog mindset of I got to learn. I got to get better. I got to show everybody that I was worth this pick. And I think he's going to. The, his biggest worry this season is if I draft him in fantasy. So I'm not going to go there. <laughs> please don't do that. Yeah, please. You, we, we've there. already told you you've banned from from drafting any Chargers. Unless okay. you're in an IDP league and then you can draft Mike Davis and, you know, have him get injured. <laughs> Other than that, don't draft anybody. I think no. I think we can't forget as well that Herbert's coming into a pretty good situation here as well. The, getting to sit behind Tyrod for a while, um, hopefully... As we're all hoping, Tyrod plays well and plays the entire season. We can get Herbert some reps, as you mentioned earlier, with Questenbury and just get that rapport going. Uh, he's in a good place here. Um, and I think it's it's overall, it's a good fit. Um, but one thing, Bez, you mentioned Herbert's a Chargers fan, a long-time Chargers fan. I didn't think we had any fans. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> So someone did make a comment to me this week that it was quite cool to get all the Chargers fans on one podcast. But uh, yeah, yeah who's listening and, to us? And and the San Diego Chargers are back. If you followed Twitter earlier on this evening, oh yeah, oh jeez, don't <laughs> please. That. The last thing we need are any more fodder for the San Diego Salties. Like I loved going down to San Diego, and I was one hundred percent against them moving to LA. Being in Orange County, it is a much more pleasant drive and a much more pleasant experience to go to San Diego, even if it was at the old dilapidated queue. Um, but it's much better than having to drive into LA and that madhouse and then yeah. go see a game and then drive out of LA afterwards. That just, that is not tempting to me. So I was definitely not on board the move to LA train, but at the same time it happened and I'm sorry, but they're gone. So just get over it. Like I don't, I don't, don't get me started on the San Diego saltiness. Don't get me started on how just, contrite and useless their city council is down there they they almost screwed up a a new stadium deal with their own college san diego state <laughs> san diego state <laughs> wanted to take and renovate that stadium and renovate around it and you know add and and make it better for everybody around the college and around the area and the city council was balking at that as well and just barely in the deadline i think got it passed so it's just it, it's, it's a disaster down there and you know what I, I like a brand new fancy stadium. I like the fact that Spanos didn't have to spend any of his money for it. And he's spending a dollar a year, basically living rent free uh, in a beautiful stadium that hopefully he can use that money to reinvest in the rest of the team. So, you know, I'm all good for that. And also living rent free in every single Ram fan's mind. Um, oh, yes. So we've talked a lot there about different colleges. We mentioned tons of them and um, delved into people coming into the draft and getting drafted. We've got a really special episode coming up next week. Um, we're going to be looking at college players and telling you who we think you should watch for 2020. We're going to look at creating a list of, of a number of, of prospects, our top threes, justifying why we think they're going to get drafted by the Chargers, what they could bring to the team and improve it. Um, so we're going to do that next week. So please send in uh, emails, uh, editor at charge.box.com. Send in Twitter comments. 
send us messages through Facebook on our new page when it's sent up. Tell us what college players you think we should be watching as well. Guys, thank you very much. Tell everyone where you're on the socials, was At Endzone85. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Charged Up Bolt as well. John, where are you? You can find me at Adroit Airs. That's A-D-R-O-I-T-A-Y-E-R-S. Adroit Airs. Hashtag Audible Chocolate. <laughs> Gets me every time. Uh, how about you, Dan? And you can find me at UKLA Chargers on Twitter. You can find me, Elliot. Um, I'm at Bez the Spaniard. And you can find the podcast at Charged Up Pod. Followers, get in touch. We loved having you. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Tomato, tomato, aluminum, aluminium.